And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. My name is Cam Edwards, uh, and I am joined once again by the lovely and talented Miss E. Hello. Hello. You know, when I had a producer, you, they never got to one. It was always three, two. And then they stop on the one. They don't count the one. Yes. As we record, I always give Missy a three count, but I do sometimes say the one, don't I? Yes, but sometimes yeah. you don't. So it's a good so thing it's, you it's always useless. start talking and I don't because you're right. It is useless. <laughs> I'm just going to always start talking after you start talking. Then I know I'll always come in at the right cue. That works. Thank you. That works. Just follow my lead. I'll just figure it like out. Like we're dancing. Yes. Like a verbal dance. Uh, so uh, we're uh, probably a couple days late on this uh, podcast, but there's a good reason because Miss E has been away and you didn't want to listen to me just yap and yammer by myself for an hour. Uh, it's much better when we have Miss E around. So, Miss E, uh, you went to Colorado, Oklahoma, visit the oldest kids? Yes. Uh, flew out to Denver, then we drove to Tulsa, and then I flew back from Tulsa. And uh, both times when I went through security, now granted, I never go anywhere. <laughs> I do not fly anywhere. I shouldn't be on anybody's list because I never get on an airplane. And both times I got gifted with the full and complete body pat down, complete with having my hands swabbed because apparently um, but baggy clothes are easy to hide explosives in, even though I did try to explain that it was more the chemo diet and the fact that I keep losing weight and I'm too cheap to buy real clothes and I like to be comfortable <laughs> when I travel. So, yeah, no, apparently it's yoga pants, which sucks because I need pockets. Right. So I'm not too sure they make yoga pants with pockets. If they uh, do, and you know about of, it, let me know about it. Uh, that would kind of defeat the purpose suppose, of yoga pants, I, I guess think. I, sup- I suppose I need a pair for any time I go anywhere on a plane again. <laughs> but, yeah, so left here, it was 95. Get to Denver, it's cold at night. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I brought my lightweight sweater and lots of T-shirts. Uh, How's that drive from uh, Denver to Tulsa? It's, uh, okay, so I, I've said this pretty, to isn't everybody it? that I've talked to. My entire impression of the of the landscape between Colorado and Kansas all comes from a South Park episode. And in the episode, the kids are going, I think, with Cartman and his mom to visit relatives in Kansas. And so when they're driving through, it's like a flat shot because, you know, it's all like 2D, right? Mm -hmm. So they're driving through Colorado and it's all green and hilly and mountain and there's snow in the mountains. And then they then there's the border and it's literally literally a line in the screen. And on the other side, it's like (laughs) flat and beige. And I thought, oh, wow. So, that's so no, that was a big fat lie because it's flat and ugly <laughs> the minute you leave Denver. Yeah. All the way through Kansas. All the way through Kansas. We were on Route 70 for 424 miles. Oh, Lord. From Colorado through Kansas. That's a, that's a, that's a lot of flat. And I got to drive the budget truck, which while the speed limit was 75, Mm -hmm. the budget truck speed limit was really 73. Oh, no. So I just kept it a slow 70, and when I needed to pass people, I could get around. Yeah. I was fine, and I got behind a couple of nice big trucks, so we all, between the two of us driving, 
he caught my breeze. I caught the truck's breeze. We're like just zooming right along. So it was great. I remember when we first, actually before we even got married, when you moved out from Virginia or from New Jersey to Oklahoma. I remember that drive. We rented a U-Haul truck. And it was, it only sat and it had three. A, yeah. And we had four people in the cab. And kid two was six at the time. And he sat in my lap the entire time. We were kind of laughing about this, telling people yeah, about like travel. Yeah, you had like a deep thigh bruise for a week I, my afterwards. My body was bruised. It was like up and down my legs and my arms and shoulders where he would but that u-haul truck had a governor on it and you couldn't go more than 65 and there was one hill in west virginia where i wasn't sure we were going to make it by the time we got to the top of that hill i I swear to god no we were doing 13 miles an hour i will never forget that was but that thankfully that was the highest point that we hit and then it was all downhill from there yeah but that was Literally, scary. I was really, I was like, oh my God, we're going to go backwards <laughs> down this hill. I remember that because I always felt like we all needed to lean forward in the truck. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you were missed while you were gone, but we did survive. The kids don't have scurvy or rickets or beriberi or and any so sort impressed. of vitamin deficiencies. The I don't know if we've mentioned this in the last podcast or not, but our dishwasher has since uh, busted. And I don't trust to use it because last time it's, it's flooded twice in a row. And after that, you're like, yeah, we need to get rid of this. And uh, anyway, but I got home and there wasn't any dirty dishes in the sink. So nope. I, was, I was super pleased. And the dog hair was actually not as bad as I was afraid it was going to be. I swept. Is, I did the dishes. It's really hard because the dogs are constantly. Sh- sh- uh, yeah, I won't say I did a perfect puppies. job, but I, no, but I, I, was, I tried. I was super impressed. I was the, like, oh, I left and I felt like so much better about it if I ever, you know. The only casualty was a slight knife wound to my hand because I was a, a dummy as I was doing the dishes. And I put a very sharp knife point up. Uh, in the uh, dish, dry, dish, dr- dish that, drying rack. That's why I always actually stick the sharp knives underneath the rack I know. between the dra- the drainer. I was and a the- dummy. I, yeah, I, I, as soon as I sliced myself, I thought, well, that was your fault, wasn't it, Cam? I keep them sharp. You keep them very sharp. <laughs> so the good news is it was a clean slice. I mean, yeah. you can see, like, it's, 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 it's very already, thin. Yeah. Uh, all right, so before we continue, we have uh, all kinds of tales to regale you about, including uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I went to the Virginia State Fair with uh, kid number five. And yep. we can talk about that, but and she won a goldfish. She did, which because it's good because the actually went, I won the goldfish. Okay, whatever. But the she, goldfish she was one for that child, uh, which is good because the last time, like several county years of county fairs ago, she won a fish, and the thing like lived for over a year and such. Like oh, it lived for like three years. Maybe okay, and then she won several recently. Like last summer, she won two, and you even bought a whole little rig for them, and they yep. were dead within days. Yep, I know. And then she she got impatient when she changed out. I can't remember his name. I always called him the both of them Steve, him and the moss ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, she got it. She just put him in a little too quick for his water, I think, and he. He, he 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 passed. He passed. Yeah, so he went to the I'm great so toilet bowl in the sky. So we have a we've had a, a bowl waiting ready and uh, already occupied by a moss ball named Steve. Right. So and now we've got a, a new goldfish. So we'll talk more about that. But um, before we do that, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you might remember. Um, I drank an entire bottle of tomato wine as we were doing a podcast, and apparently that went over really well with the audience. So. I was thinking, how can we do that shtick again? And I remembered. Actually, you remembered. We have four bottles of wine that were given to us by somebody. Uh, I'm not sure who gave these bottles of wine to us. But we can't remember how long we've had them. They've I been think lying. we've had them for almost two years. Okay. Almost. 
Uh, I went through old emails uh, to the 40 acre fool at Gmail account. And I haven't been able to find anything regarding who made the wine. But I want to drink some anyway. And so um, after he tried the tomato wine, and I had a, t- a sconce taste. I had a tiny bit because uh, I wasn't, I couldn't drink at the time. But I didn't really have any to get a good flavor of it. But anyway, after uh, he tried it, we were like, well, we're going to have a whole bunch of these cherry tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And I looked up. A tomato wine recipe and found that this person had written a cookbook and I think it was published in 1996 and it's just like homemade wine. Yeah, you were talking about ordering this. Yeah, I bought, so I ordered it homemade fruit wines or something. It's like a $14, $15 paperback. But it's arrived. But it has arrived and um, it, I, I read all the way through all the introductory information up until the very first recipe and mm. so I found there's a tomato wine recipe there. Apparently, tomato wine, when it's aged for a little while, it tastes like an inexpensive Chardonnay. It when you can, say aged for a little while, how long is a little while? So, the, that's the thing. Like, uh, at least, like, six months. Okay. And maybe better at a year. Okay. So, she's said some of these homemade wines, at first, do not taste good. Yeah. And you're really surprised at some of the flavors that you put together. And you're like, well, let's see, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, it tastes, yeah, you put right. the bottle away, and then you forget about it. And, like, a year or two later, you crack it open, and you're like, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. This is actually pretty tasty. But she made a potato mint. That's just that's gross. Well, she makes all kinds of yeah. fruits and things. I know. So. Listen, I'm thirsty. Can we open this wine anyway, here? So, anyway. Yeah, so, so, we're going to make a tomato the, wine with yes. all our, but this is the This aged. is the aged unknown wine. It, it, it's corked. Uh, it has the letter P on the top of the cork it's, it's a you know, a pale yellow so i'm hoping that it's not actual pea and that no, it's a peach wine it's pale pale yellow but it's it's uh it's more all right it's it's not there's not it's darker any than a chablis it's darker than a sauvignon blanc it's not as dark as a chardonnay so there's your color for people who do the wine, I think that it's a peach wine, but uh, but we'll see here. Well, in that's a moment, the thing. So. Like the tips of tomato wines mm-hmm. can be anywhere from a golden to a red gold, depending upon the color of you know. The do tomatoes. you actually use the skins? No, no, no. So that's part of. Oh, so um, also that what's arrived here is I went to um, Midwest Supplies and I had bought a, a beginner beer making kit from them. So it came with all of the hardware and some of the chemicals that you needed to make kit, uh, make beer. Mm-hmm. And then you also could order the uh, hops, sugars, those right. things to make the individual beers. And I made two different batches and I liked it enough. And then we moved and I had two babies and I stopped making beer. And I actually sold it. Anyway, I remembered that I thought they had a wine making kit. And they have a fruit wine making kit. So it has all of the necessary chemicals that we need, a plastic bucket for beginning fermentation, and a fine mashed bag that we put the chopped mashed fruit into. So we'll put the tomatoes into the the bag. We'll smash the crap out of it. We'll put it in a pot. We'll add Mm. water, yada, yada, yada. And then there's a series of steps over several days to different Oh, tannins and a peptic acid yeah. thing and yada, yada, yada. So we're going to start this this do, weekend? I think so, yeah. I want to okay. go ahead and... And then so that has this after... that's It's going to be a while before we yeah. have some. Well, sure. Because, again, if it has to age at least six post- months... So I'm, I'm trying to open this up without making sure I don't 
There you go. Spill it or break it or do anything else. I appreciate that. Well, it doesn't smell like urine. Okay, well, that's good. Glug, 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 glug. It's very pale when it's poured. It's real straw-colored. It smells like wine. That's always a good thing. I don't smell any peach necessarily, so... Well, like I said, the tomato wine supposedly tastes like a Chardonnay. Okay, I think this is peach wine, but it's it's actually pretty good. Do you want to taste? Yeah. It's very. Um, Don't worry, I'm not on any drugs right now, guys. <laughs> we'll talk about that, but we need to drink. We need to drink first before we talk about that. <sighs> definitely. Oh wow, it's not too terribly sweet. It's definitely not a dry wine. No. I would say it's kind of like a riesling in as far as sugar content, but. Yeah, but there's less sharp notes. It's a real soft, mellow. I would. Totally let's put it this way: this is better than some of the cheap fruit wine that I tasted at our uh, little rural village wine festival a couple weeks ago. Which is where we bought the tomato raisin. Right, which is where tomato tomato spiced raisin wine or tomato with raisins and spices. I think whatever it was, we're not making that. We're just making no. tomato. And we're going to use all of the cherry and grape-sized tomatoes that are still coming up like gangbusters in our side garden. All right. Well, to whoever sent us this wine, I'm so thank glad you. It's aged it's well. It's delicious. It's really aged well. Let us know. Uh, <laughs> and if you have any more bottles, because there's three, bo- there were three bottles of uh, of white, and then there's one. There was a blue bottle that has red in it. Mm-hmm. So it was four bottles total, but. It, Someone will remember that they gave us, and it's totally not labeled. And the one bottle that did have a label on it isn't the wine; it's just recycled, and they couldn't get the label off. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is this is good enough that I think we should probably like do something special for the uh, for the bottle of red, like maybe a lasagna or something. Save that for a nice unless it's winter sweet. Evening. That's the problem. Like oh. I don't know if it's a sweet red. It might be mm. too. It's, if it's they, they, this is kind of like more of a dessert wine, I would think. Mm-hmm. Maybe with a with a chicken Florentine, like chicken and spinach. Dish. More please, spinach shrimp. Hit yeah. me again, barkeep. Sure. So uh, thank you. You're welcome. Glug glug glug. I'm just gonna. F- yeah, yeah, fill it up. We don't this have to be a, all fancy you're like not driving. Exactly. And um, uh, you're not at a tasting cellar where they only give you enough to swish around in your mouth. <laughs> thank you so much. Please exactly. May I have another? So, uh, so I went to the Virginia State Fair uh, for the very first time. We've lived in Virginia since 2004. We've never made it to the State Fair. Well, because when we lived where we lived, uh, it, Richmond is like a three-hour drive. Right. It's yeah. still over an hour. It is. It was an hour and a half from where we live. Uh, the Virginia State Fair is held in Doswell, Virginia, which is sort of in between Richmond and, and Washington, D.C. Isn't that near King's Dominion? It's right next to King's Dominion, basically. Oh, yeah, that makes sense then. Okay. Um, and it's at a place called Great Meadows Farm. Oh. Apparently, it has not always been there. It used to be at the Richmond International Raceway. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah, and I, I don't know why they changed it, but I've got to think that was a better location because the raceway. Yeah, and maybe they wanted to try to attract more people from DC. This place was so awkward getting in and out of there's basically one entrance one entrance to the entire fairgrounds and so we for cars or for people for cars oh for cars oh yeah so we got there and it took us probably a half hour to drive a mile and a half and get in and park at the very very back of the open field parking lot. Oh, yeah. 
when we left, which was probably like 6.30 at night, as we were leaving, it took us about 45 minutes to get out because there's only one exit, too. Uh, so, of course, it's a huge traffic jam. Oh, but then as we're driving away, just in one direction, right? So you've got people coming from all directions to get in. Right. But just in one direction, there was a, I, I counted, I looked at my odometer, a four and a half mile traffic jam. For people going to the fair. For people going to the fair. At 6.30 at night. Yes. Or whenever they started and right. got stuck in traffic. Right. Oh, wow. So, well, I guess with that one bottleneck problem in yeah. and out. So if you're going to the Virginia State Fair, go early. That's my first advice. Well, I would don't, think, don't. When does it open? Uh, probably 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. Because, see, that's the difference between the state fair versus the county fair. Because the county right. fair here didn't even start until 6. We got there early thinking, yeah, sure, you can go look at the animals, but they don't turn on the rides or start serving food until 6 o'clock. And it was like, why aren't you serving food when there's all these people here that could be buying it? Yeah. The, the, the rules, they're wrong. I know. Well, that's why we skipped our county fair this year, because it's lame. And, I, and that's I, fine. Cause I want to support the local county fair, but if it's lame, I'm not going to support the local county fair. Yeah, I mean, they need some better food. But yeah. uh, but Kid, um, it's good, because Kid 5 got her fish, so it's all good. Kid 5 got her fish. We did not uh, go on any rides. We decided that we would uh, take any money that we would spend on rides and use it to uh, play games on the Midway instead. Oh, nice. And uh, we did have some fair food. She was very unadventurous. She had a hot dog. Oh, um, she also had fried But But she said, yeah, she had the, she had the regular hot dog because she wanted to have something sweet, and so she had fried cookie dough. Yeah. Uh, I had pizza on a stick from a place called Spaghetti Eddie's. And I saw that on Carnival Eats. I thought that looked really yummy. Okay, see, I thought that looked familiar. It was like, it's a kebab with um, slices of pepperoni and chunks of cheese, slices of pepperoni and chunks Mm -hmm. of cheese, and then the whole thing is dipped in in a batter and then deep fried. Yep, and it's served served with marinara. marinara sauce. Yep. I saw that, and I thought... I have to figure out a way to make that. It was good. It yeah, really was good. It did and, look good. And we do have a deep fryer, so we you do. very well could make that. I could. I could just have to make it short, skewered to fit it on the sideways, but it, mm-hmm. it can totally be done. Yeah. No, it was, it was pretty tasty. Okay. We're going to have to do that. Um, walked around, saw all kinds of uh, animals. They actually had a, a goat exhibit. Aww. Like, out in the open, where they had, like, rocks and stuff for them to climb on. It oh, was, how fun. Yeah. It was really weird. I... I they didn't have that for any other animal, but they had it for the goats. And probably just because goats, other if they don't have something to keep them occupied, they're going to get bored and get out of their areas. Right. We uh, we missed the racing pigs. That was uh, ah shucks. I know we were we were there at the wrong time. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever seen a racing pig because we used to go to the Oklahoma State Fair all the time. Yep. And I don't. They didn't have pig races at the Oklahoma State Fair. I don't. Oh, I'm actually, you know, sure I take that did. back. They did. It was tucked away in a corner. I'm pretty sure they did. It was just always like it was never when we were there because we would almost always go at night with the kids one night, and then we'd go right. another night with friends, and we'd have dinner or something. But the, that was usually during the day, and that was the cool thing about that. They, they had day hours at the, the yeah. Oklahoma well, the State Oklahoma State Fair. Fair was a big deal. I mean, I would say that's the best fair I've ever been to ever. Yeah, and I'd say it was probably twice as big or close to it as the Virginia State Fair. Oh, wow. Yeah. But then again, that's the only one in Oklahoma, and that is the Great right. State Fair of it Oklahoma. It is the Great State Fair of Oklahoma. Is this the Great State Fair of Virginia? I think Virginia? it's just the State Fair of Virginia, uh. or the Virginia State Fair. Okay. Yeah, there's nothing great. Uh, I never went to the one for New Jersey, even though I lived there for flipping forever. You went to Cowtown Rodeo, though. I did go to Cowtown Rodeo several, several times. Did you ever pick up any so, cowboys? I was a 
teenager at Girl Scout camp, and then I was a teenager who worked at Girl Scout camp, so I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> I still have Other a cowboy hat. Might incriminate you. I still have a cowboy hat. Did you I buy it, or was it given 15. to you by a cowboy? No, I bought it. Okay. With my hard-earned income. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, 15, and do the math. That's like, I've had that for, like, at least pff, 10 years now. <laughs> <laughs> now, there was something I saw at the fair that I have not seen uh, at other fairs, you know, so we wanted to check out the livestock. I was actually really pleased that Kid 5 wanted to look at the livestock. Uh, that, was what, that was the first thing we did, as a matter of fact. Oh, um, and one of the buildings had pigeons. Oh. I, that you I had, eat or the race? Um, I guess both. Some of them were clearly just for show. Oh, yeah. There is a big whole show pigeon thing. Yeah. Those are the fatties. But I'd never... I'd never seen this before of like, you know, displaying pigeons at a fair because it's another one I have at our county fair. and Oh, it's an East Coast thing. I don't remember it in Oklahoma either. Yeah. But they did have meat pigeons and they had a little brochure about raising pigeons for meat. And yeah, there were some pretty big pigeons. Um, but there were some that were so weird. They had like feathers coming out between their toes. No, oh, they have chickens like that. Yeah. It, but they were, yeah, they were, they were just the strangest looking things. Um, my uncle used to raise pigeons, and uh, he raced his pigeons up in um, upstate Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah? Yeah, up near Scranton Wilkes Bar. Did he beat the pigeons in the race? No, he never beat them. Oh, you mean... Did he he oh, didn't, he no. didn't race ha, 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 against ha, them? Ha, ha. No. no, he wasn't racing okay. against the pigeons. <laughs> his pigeons were trained to race against other people's Got pigeons. Got it. Okay. Yeah, he. Yeah, I did. That was bad. That was a bad sentence. We missed Fog Hat uh, as well. We left before Fog Hat started playing. They were playing on Saturday. I'm not night. too sure that's a bad or good thing. So I mean, unless they play like an hour long version of Slow Ride, you know, we can't sing it. Take it easy. Yeah. Right? Um, I was trying to think because that's song, pretty much the only it. song of theirs that I know. That's I think that's the only song of theirs so, that everybody really knows, unless I, you're a really diehard Foghat fan. Well, so I think like when you get to be one of those bands, right, and you're no longer people are not coming to see you for your current stuff, but okay. now they're coming to see you for the nostalgia. I think at that point you almost have to become a cover band. You you you're, you're you can play cover. your you, you, well <laughs> you play your three songs or whatever that everybody knows, but then you've got to become like like so so let's let's take an eighties band for example right bare naked ladies um I, mean, I think of them more as a nineties band I think of them as for forever band because that's how long I've been listening right to them, so I don't even know what and even then I heard from. like they had a song right. that came out Van on the radio Hill. like three years ago that's an eighties band eh, no let's I'm thinking more like one hit wonders so two, oh. Okay, so or, or two I or three don't know, hit I don't Thompson Twins. Let's say the Thompson Twins go out on tour, right? Oh, then yeah, they should just be playing '80s cover songs. Exactly. Play your four songs. Yeah. And then play Adam Ant songs and play Flock of Seagulls songs, right? Yeah. And then become an '80s dance party band. Or if you're, you know, Candlebox from the '90s, play your two hits and then play a bunch of grunge songs. But I think that that would be a much more successful business model than. Hey, we're gonna come out here and play for an hour, and you're gonna hear eventually the two songs that you know. Well, but it's gonna be the last two songs of the set because we're gonna save those for the encore. So I was listening to um, Sirius on the drive-through because I have the app on my phone. Yeah, I broke down and bought an auxiliary cords at a rest stop <laughs> somewhere so I could hear my GPS. Uh, but anyway, um, so it's it's a song. Um, it's kind of a poppy kind of. 
but it was a changeover song for them that got really big. It was a really big hit for them in like the 12, 13, 14 year old crowd. And he was talking about how. What, what band is this? I can't remember the band and I okay. can't sing the song, so right. you're just okay. going to have to go along with the story. Okay. And so he says, so we have these two hits that like the 12 and 13 year olds really love. So we have these concerts where. Uh, these kids are freaking out like where the you know the Beatles just came to America for two songs and they're bored out of their minds for the rest of the whole you know the whole set and then we've got these really old hippies that are really into every other song and they just they're not digging these two songs at all and he said it was really hard to keep them from killing one another <laughs> so it's really funny and it's like I think it's Once Upon a Midnight Dreary oh Blues Traveler yeah that's them so okay yeah. so that was yeah so that makes sense because they they were a blues jam band who you know played with the I don't know if they ever played with the dead but they certainly played with fish I was gonna say and they hold in you know they had that whole jam they were like they came out with the spin doctors about the same time as the spin doctors right but the, so then the, but the but blues they, traveler were like the real deal and the spin doctors were kind of like the manufactured spin-off. posers yeah right but, um, but yes, but they had the they the had run around and they had the hits. other one yeah <laughs> run around and the other one right but wouldn't you love now blues traveler again like I understand there's a core group that loves blues traveler could probably name every song in every album but for the casual fan would it be cool to go see blues traveler and they play their two songs that everybody knows and then they play the two Spin Doctor songs that everybody knows. And then they play a couple of Bare Naked Ladies songs, right? They play one week or whatever. Like, that to me would be so much more fun. Yeah, but there would, there would only be, like, some bands that could do that because there have been... Because you could put there, your own spin on it, too, though. Well, just, but I'm songs. just saying, it's like there are bands that have been around for a really long time that all this stuff is actually kind of pretty good. No well, yeah, what. no, no, it would have to be... Yeah, you're not going to go see the Rolling Stones go play the Beatles. It would be, again, like those... Those one or two hit wonders. Yeah, those you guys. You know, like I listened to Sirius, uh, there's a channel in there called Volume, and uh, Mark Goodman, who was one of the original MTV VJs, is a host on there. And I remember he, him, brown curly hair. Yeah, and he hosts... One of the older ones. Yeah, well, they're all older ones now. No, I meant now, at the time. But, uh, uh, J.J. Jackson. No, I know J.J. Yeah, you're he right. Was he oldest, was in radio but, before. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Martha Quinn and Alan Hunter were the to those, Yeah, them. He was, right. He was, yeah. Um, but anyway, he hosts an 80s cruise. And, right? And it's like eight or nine bands. And he doesn't just have his music, right? That, well, he doesn't. He's not a musician. Oh, no. He's the DJ. Never yeah. Mind, sorry. But he's like the host, right? Yeah. But it's, you know, it's eight or nine bands. And they, you know, but it's like Bananarama, Katrina and the Waves. Katrina and the Waves is a perfect example, right? Because they're a one hit wonder. Yeah. I would love to hear Walking on Sunshine live, but. But then paying. they could do but 99 Luft balloons. Exactly. <laughs> they could do, you know, uh, Mickey by Tony Basil. They could do Missing Person songs. They could oh, do yeah, Berlin. They, totally they could, could do the Go-Go's. So like, you need to be these people's managers. Apparently. I just need to somehow get to They could be relevant again if people. they became cover bands. So that's a really long songs. way of explaining why I didn't stick around to see Foghat. Is yeah. uh, basically what that whole whole conversation was all about. Way to why I didn't up, go Woo-hoo. see Foghat. There you go. Way to rain, rain that one in. That's good. Good. Very good. Is your uh, how's your wine doing, you? It is uh, tasty and delicious. As a matter of fact, speaking of wine, by the way, 
Um, the Virginia Tasting Cellar in Farmville, Virginia, which is uh, not a sponsor in any way, shape, or form, oh, but no. owned by friends of ours. We just yeah, we know the people who work there, and it's where two of our goats are currently living. If you would They're like employed. to hang out with them, yes. Um, and Shark Boy and Casper are doing very well. Now they have eaten down. Every single bit of that riverbank that they're living on right now. So uh, I went to Tractor Supply and I got a bale of Timothy grass, yep. not alfalfa. Not alfalfa. It's bad for their urinary Timothy tract grass. system. We learned this all. Yes. Yeah, so and, and I explained to the folks here at the Virginia Tasting Cellar, you know, here's how much you need to give them every day. And and they said, uh, well, we've been giving them, you know, veggie scraps from the kitchen. Is that okay? So that's great. Yeah, just I really think I told the, our the, friend the grains. That, that yes. Um, as long as there wasn't any pasta or bread, they were going to be fine. Yeah. So apparently, uh, Shark Boy and Casper will pick out the carrots. Yeah. From the from the salad leftovers. Freckles loves right? carrots. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so they will and actually beets. root through, and they're like, "Oh, there's a carrot. There's a carrot." And then they'll they'll go back to the lettuce. Yeah. But uh, but they're doing very well. So if you are happening to uh, be in, if you are happening to be, in, if you happen yes. to be. <laughs> If you happen to find yourself in Farmville, Virginia, you wake up one morning and you say, how did I get here to go back to an 80s band? Hello, self. Uh, what am I doing? With- where is my beautiful house? Uh, anyway, uh, as the days go by, water flowing under. Anyway, uh, if you find yourself Not sitting in a, a shotgun, shotgun shack, shack. <laughs> or behind the wheel of a large automobile, you can drive yourself to Farmville, Virginia, and then you can go to the Virginia Tasting Cellar. And uh, you can hang out with the goats. They are getting much more. So Casper was bottle raised, so he was always friendlier towards humans. But Shark Boy was not, and 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 has not been. But Shark Boy is getting much more acclimated to humans now. I think it's very good. I think we might actually need to bring Darla down there so uh, again and hang nice out for a couple of months so she can. Yeah. Get more more people time. Well, people would love Darla. They she they would because she's adorable. She's absolutely adorable. She has got the craziest markings. So what's really and now funny that the goats, is now that the boys don't have their yeah you know, they, neither they, they've all they were banded. And if anybody need, just go ahead and look up goat weather w e t h e r banding. Just Google all those, and then I don't have to explain things. But you will cringe. You will cringe. And if you're a man, you will cross your legs, and you will go, ow. <laughs> and you'll be glad you weren't born a goat. Yeah, totally. Anyway, so I, uh, so Darla is uh, Corny Goat Farms Darla. She is registered with the American Goat Association as a full-bred, full-bred Nigerian dwarf goat. It's is a dairy goat. And there's a line, so there's 30 characters for the name, and it has to include the farm name and then the goat name. And there's the line for the color description. And I kept, I like wrote it and crossed it out and wrote it and crossed it out. And then I finally thought I had it right. And I kind of gave up and I sent a picture along with the application. Okay. And when it came back... It was not anything close to what I wrote. Oh, really? Yes, because Shamasay, C H A M O I M O I S E E, is a, a kind of like a coloration on a goat wherein their body is the light brown, but they have black points and like the black stripe down their back. Okay. So she has that ish. Uh huh. But then she's got white polka dots everywhere, and her yeah. face has big, big black rings around her eyes, and most of her face is white. So I put that she was a white goat with brown and black. 
black markings and spots. Uh-huh. And they put that she was a chamisee with white spots because the chamisee already incorporates the black brown and she's got the black striped on her spot back. Hmm. So okay. um, if we registered Shark Boy, mm-hmm. who could be. Uh, he would be a Nigerian dwarf, but he's a 100% weather, so he's not, like, right. there's, there's no real no good reason to register him because right. he's not going to... He's not going to sire any, anything. Yeah, he's not siring anything. He's a chamisee. Okay. And he's, like, a symmetrical... His, I was just, like, almost like, man, I wish you weren't related to any of my goats because he's got such... He had such really pretty coloring mm-hmm. that he would have been a good two-breed. But I don't breed for... Symmetry. I breed for wackadaisical polka dots. <laughs> right. So Darla is my perfect, is my dream goat because she's just so splatter coated. Yeah, um, looks like Toffee, a Jackson Pollock painting. But Toffee isn't a purebred. Toffee is um, Sanin and Nigerian dwarf, so she's not. Mm. Freckles is, you know, she's like, oh, she's the queen. So yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. All the goats are doing well. They. Uh... Uh, are all still wandering on a very dry farm during the day, uh, trying well, to find. They're eating down the some of the trees that still have some leaves on them. They're being yeah. our they're being our uh, uh, gardeners by trimming down things. But we don't have anything growing. We haven't had no. rain in months. I mean, nothing of significance. No, we've anymore. probably had like literally ninety minutes of rain since August first. Yeah, like a total of ninety minutes of a light rain. Yeah, and a light rain. Nothing. Enough to get beyond grass, like it didn't even get into the dirt. Like yeah. our our front yard is like a, is like crunchy a, when you walk. We it's were, not even just crunchy when you walk. It's like we can't move our goats anywhere right now because the ground is just so hard that a the electronet posts that are in the ground are impossible to pull out without breaking or bending them mm-hmm. because they're just they're just held fast into this rock hard ground and B, we can't pound them into the rock hard ground even if we could get them right. out. So <laughs> darned yeah. if we do, darned if we don't. So, so that's why they're wandering they're around during the day. And yeah. they're getting fed at night and we're giving them um, the girls can have alpha alpha. Uh, boys and girls have completely com- unrelated and different urinary tract systems. And boys, it's uh, the diet affects um, uh, how much calcium gets excreted and that gets into stone problems and blah blah blah. So that's why we're t- when we talk about the boys, we talk about we feed them only orchard or timothy grass. When they mm-hmm. have to have something, because they shouldn't have any grain. But girls have a different system. They've got more wide-open urethras. They don't have a problem with the salt turning into stones, so they can eat grains. And we give them some grains and some black oil, sunflower seeds, and some corn, like a mix of that. Once a day, they free-range around the house, and we give them alfalfa bales. I saw a wide-open urethra open up for uh, George Strait, 1991. Sort of an Americana country band. I was going to say, see, no, wide open urethra wouldn't be a country band. They would be (laughs) opening for like Puddles of Mud or um, King Missile. Like, oh, you know what I mean? Probably King Missile. I think the name that just didn't work as a country band. To me, it reminded me of Wide Open Spaces. That's all. Oh. Wasn't thinking that deep. Okay. I'm sorry. I was thinking wide. And open. Uh, 
<laughs> hey oh so uh hmm. all right. your wine. moving on all right all right so so uh, let's talk about uh your etsy shop before we go here before we run out of time okay so um there are there are no spaces in the name corny goat crafts and if you tried to do a search for corny space goat um my stepfather told me you find all sorts of weird things, and other people haven't been able to find it. So <laughs> okay. it's corny, C-O-R-N-Y-G-O-A-T-C-R-A-F-T-S. All one word. All one word. Corny Goat Crafts. Word. Corny Goat Crafts. Um, and right now, there are some baby boonies, and I call them chemo caps, but they're not necessarily just for chemo patients. They're for people with super short hair or thinning hair or whatever. They're just like close-fitting, thin-knit caps. So, um, there you go. Um, and then what else do I have? Oh, I have four of those washcloths, and I have a tester. Um, I gave one to Kid One when I was at the beach, and I gave her, like, the first prototype, and she said... Uh, I like it, but it's kind of heavy when it's wet. And so the recently I've been making them with a little bit less yarn in the mm-hmm. bubbles. So the bobbles, the pops, the little bumps in the pattern. So okay. hopefully they're not as heavy. But I guess I really I need to do some more testing of my stuff. So if, these are washcloths with the soap in them? No, no, no. They're little washcloth pockets. So they have a little hanger loop mm-hmm. and then they have a little cuff. But then it's this like bumpy washcloth pocket that you can either put your hand in and use as a washcloth mm-hmm. or put your hand in and shove a bar of soap in there or just put the soap in there or whatever but what yeah it's a it's a it's a, a washcloth soap sack okay and right now you're just selling cotton. those you're not pairing them with any uh i have four of soap? them but um when or if anybody wants to buy one of the four that's listed if you send me a note and you're along with the four that are left. I don't have any right now. I'm, I have I have to make more to put them in stock. Mm-hmm. So only this is only good for the first four people who reply. Reply. I'll give you a bar of the goat's milk soap. Give. I'll include as a gift with purchase <sighs> a bar of goat's milk soap that we made because you, you don't know how to make money very well. You know that. Like you don't know how to charge for stuff. You. You're so okay. kind and generous. The first time I walked into <laughs> trying to make money, craft world. Okay, you brought this up I, a few weeks ago. I know, I know, and I said I didn't bring it up much. on the air. So yeah, here you we did. go. Oh, yeah, you did. Crafty okay. bastard, craft so, beer. Blah blah. I don't listen to you. I sell <laughs> my stuff, and I made money, and I was a deposit in a bank this month. So cut ching. All right. Well, there you go. Listen, this is I'm a heck of a deal. I'm happy. I am it's much more of a deal than I would offer. It's because you. Are jealous because you can't make things like that. That's all. Oh, you so think that's is, what it that's, is? You think, think it's just your jealousy? I think it's just jealousy. Oh. I think you're just jealous because you can't make it. Hmm. So you don't get the attention through my cute little self <laughs> that I get. So I think that's what it is. You're just jealous because I'm going to live longer in the afterworld because more people know me because of my cute little things. Wow, this got real intense all of a sudden here. I don't, saying. I don't know. It's not jealousy. Okay, good. Because I can teach you how to crochet even if you're left-handed. I, I know that you could. And honestly, you know, it's, it's the opposite of jealousy. It's I want you to get the credit and the recognition and, yes, the financial compensation that you deserve for the amazing things that you make. This is, yeah, I'm charging a good price. It's all good. You need to quit that. Okay. I'm just saying. <clears throat> That's all I'm saying. 
you are a good person, but a horrible businesswoman. That's why I'm a technical writer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, on that note, you know what, though? You're a wonderful wife as well. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. Because I'm a good cook. I'm always feeding you really uh, well. Yes, you are. Uh, and on that fat and happy note, I think we will uh, bid you all a, a good weekend. Thank you for being a part of this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. Until we speak again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot. And make a lot of stuff. And drink a stranger's wine. Hey, yeah, cheers. Cheers. Yeah. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.